All right, open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 3 through 9. 2 Corinthians 1, starting at verse 3. Let's pray. Father, as we open up your word, we need, to, we need to hear you speak to us. So speak to us as we study your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we begin our study, I want to orient our minds toward the subject discussed in this passage so that you can be uh, making application here, the Spirit guide you on how to apply this scripture. So I've got three things I want you to think about as we begin. Number one, I want you to reflect on a time of significant hardship in your life. And in your mind, identify the situation and the effect that it had on you. Then secondly, what did God do or say during your struggle? And third, how did you spiritually grow during this hardship? So let's start looking at verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now that's a rich couple of verses, so there's some key details I want to point out. Number one, mercy and comfort find their source in God. We see that in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Now, I know you probably know the definitions, but I want to make sure that we understand what's being said here. So I'm going to define mercy and comfort. Mercy is that we do not receive what we deserve to receive, kind of the flip side of grace. And comfort is an ease of some kind of pain. Comfort occurs when we receive encouragement and or exhortation in difficult circumstances that we are facing. In other words, comfort involves receiving strength in a situation in which we are inherently weak. So God is the source of both mercy and comfort that we, as we experience these difficult times. The theologian Thomas Akempis said, all human comfort is vain and short. Not so with God's comfort. It takes many forms, but can always match the suffering. And if you have suffered and been comforted, then you know that your comfort had its foundation in a relationship with God. Second, God's people are not immune to hardships. These verses assume that followers of Jesus will experience some affliction. Now, if someone told you that your problems would all go away if you just decided to follow Jesus, then someone lied to you. In fact, suffering often comes from following Jesus. It's normal. It doesn't mean you've done something wrong. Sometimes we suffer as saints. And suffering comes to anyone who preaches the gospel in a world twisted by sin and hostile to God. But third, there is a purpose in our suffering. It is hard to detect a purpose in our suffering while we are suffering. But later, we can usually see the reason for our hardships. My students have often heard me say that when someone is really suffering, 
we need to act like Job's friends before they open their mouths and just go and sit with them and, and, and comfort them in any way, just the presence there. Some Bible verses don't sound good to us in the initial stages of suffering. It doesn't mean they're not true. They just don't sound good. Like probably some of our favorite verse, one of our favorite verses. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Beautiful truth. But when pain or grief is fresh, this, heart, this verse sounds harsh to our minds. And it's not until later, after God's mercy and comfort have done their work, that we see, indeed, the purpose of our sufferings. We can't see that at the beginning, usually. Fourth, Christians who receive God's comfort during times of suffering are meant to help others who are suffering. Look at verse 4. God comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God's comfort keeps on giving. He pours out his comfort on us during our suffering, and he pours out his comfort to us so that we can help someone else who is suffering. He never runs out of comfort to pour in and through our lives. As a counselor, I've learned that when a suffering person begins ministering to others who are suffering, God has done a substantial work in their lives. There still is some suffering, but the comfort is beginning to be stronger than the pain. Verse 5 tells us, Just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. Now, the sufferings of Christ can be interpreted two ways. Sufferings on the account of Christ as a follower of Christ, or sufferings ordained or allowed by Christ. I think both fit. I think we'll experience the suffering of Christ in both ways as we follow him. But thankfully, there's more than enough comfort from God to go around to hurting people. Our comfort is abundant through Christ, the Bible says. And there are some types of suffering in which Christian counseling is far superior to, in helping people than secular counseling can be. And one area of this I've seen is grief counseling. Someone who has an ache or pain in their soul needs more than uh, behavioral counseling, changing behaviors or habits or thoughts. They need someone who can minister to the soul. And that's what we do in, in Christian counseling. I've had people that have been referred to me that have gone to secular counselors for grief and, and found no relief. And in just a, a relatively short amount of time, as the word of God just ministers to their soul, they, find, they begin that path of healing. Paul continues in verse 6, But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we're comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective uh, in the patient enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. In a sense, we know what it means to suffer so that we know how to comfort. If we lived in a world without suffering, we would live in a world without comforting because there would be no need for it. Yet due to the presence of sin in our world, suffering happens. 
and it makes God's comfort shine in our lives like a sparkling diamond. Verse 7, our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers of our suffering, so also are you sharers of our comfort. Whenever God is present, there's a sense of security and peace, regardless of the circumstances. And in case you think that the incredible Apostle Paul never suffered, he wrote in verses 8 through 10, We do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. I just want to pause right there. Those are kind of, that's kind of shocking statements by Paul, isn't it? You don't expect, from if you have this kind of idolized idea of the Apostle Paul, you don't expect him to write that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. He continues, Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us, he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. Paul knew what it was like to feel crushed by circumstances and struggles and he knew what it was like to be comforted by Jesus during terrible circumstances. And you hear him say that he was, the circumstances were beyond his strength. And I want to just share with you, it's not a bad thing to feel that you're in way over your head as you're following Jesus. I remember almost every day I will, I will just say to God, I am in way, way over my head. And if you're not in this, we're going to sink. It is in our moments of this helplessness when we, real, when we realize very clearly our need for Jesus and we cling to him. It's in these moments when we can respond exuberantly to Jesus' offer found in Matthew 11. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If Jesus can rescue us from our sins and give us hope in the face of death, he can help you in your struggles today. He is still comforting people as he was in Paul's day. But he is often using you and me to do his healing work. His comfort in your life is an invitation for you to comfort others just as you have received mercy and comfort from God. So I want to bring this all home with a football analogy because it is uh, getting near Super Bowl week and we just had the most incredible NFL playoffs I think I've ever seen. So I'm stuck in a football mind. So here's some, I'm going to make some analogies from uh, lessons we learned here to football. First is, in some ways, experiencing suffering is like getting off the bench where you're just watching the game to getting into the game. If you've ever played football, you know that if you play the game, you get on the field, you're likely, something's going to hurt at the end when you're done. 
and a player is more likely to get banged up in the game than they are sitting on the bench unless someone runs into you while you're sitting on the bench. Here's a spiritual application. Life becomes more vivid and real when you're not just watching it pass by. Part of life in this world involves suffering. We all suffer some emotional, spiritual, and relational brokenness. But don't let these hardships keep you on the bench from serving God. Second, receiving comfort directly or indirectly from God is like the times an athlete has to play hurt. Many times in sports, if you refuse to play hurt when, you're, when your injury is not severe, you miss an opportunity to contribute to your team. And the spiritual application is, you may have good reasons for sitting out this phase of life because you're hurt. But God can give you the strength to get back into the game of serving him. His comfort is powerful and it's life-giving. And he comforts you in your suffering by pouring out his mercy and comfort on you. Third, comforting others is like an athlete uh, like the ability an athlete has to help their teammates who are struggling. A great player makes the players around him look better. Whether you like him or not, I think you could say that Tom Brady is definitely a great player because no matter who he played with, whether they were a big name or not, he had an ability to make them look better and play better. Here's a spiritual application. A person who is hurting knows how to help a person who is hurting. If you've been in the game, you know to how, how to help someone else in the game get through that. And you might be the one to best help someone in their struggles because you can relate to them better than anyone else because you have gone through a similar struggle. For example, seven years ago, I received that telephone call in which one of my doctors told me, you have cancer. Therefore, I know the shock of that moment. And I know the flood of questions that enter a person's mind. And I'm, I'm better prepared to comfort someone who gets that call than I was before I received that call. So get it, being in the game of life, trusting Jesus through it, has helped me now help others. Because we're all hurting somehow. But we cannot let our pain shut us down. We need to seek and receive comfort from God. He is the source of true comfort. And we need to share the comfort we receive from him with others. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your mercy and your comfort. All of us here have been hurt at some time in our lives. And you have been there for us. You have comforted us like no one else can. So I, I pray for this, uh, th those who are listening, that if they're going through a hardship right now, that they would turn to you and find your comfort that is beyond all other types of comfort. That they wouldn't seek comfort in the distractions of the world, the temptations of the world, but they would seek comfort in you, the one true living God. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.